Wake up, wake up, wake up. This is your Cup of Joe podcast, and I'm your host, Joe. You know what we do here. Uh, grab your latte or your favorite cup of coffee. Uh, if you like me, I do herbal tea. I love herbal tea. I can't I can't rock with the coffee too much. Uh, but uh, uh, I can do the frap, the frappuccino from Starbucks. But uh, grab that, and we're going to have some good conversation about impacting topics and i always you know always i i it's 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 my i I call them extraordinary people they may not be people that you see on the platform uh but they are heavy hitters in their right i think the last podcast was awesome and this one is is just going to take us higher uh today we're talking about uh Birth ain't the death of me. What do you mean by that, Joseph? <laughs> well, um, I'm from Mississippi, as I told you, and I, I went to school in, in, in Southern Mississippi. And a uh, uh, an athlete by the name of Tori uh, Bowie, uh, Bowie, I hope I said that right, <laughs> passed, and uh, it was it was centered around childbirth, and uh, we it, there's so many, especially for African American women, that have uh, uh, issues with childbirth, uh, uh, and they die because of childbirth or during childbirth uh, or something to that effect. I have a, I have a a professional here to to that can, that has the right terminology, but it just affected me, and I wanted to bring on a good friend of mine uh, from Meridian, Mississippi, uh, Nicole Poe. Uh, uh, and she's going to tell you a little bit about herself. Her her specialty is childbirth, child, uh, 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 all that good stuff. And we're just going to talk with her, with the professionals, to to get why this why is this happening, and how can we stop it, or how can we prevent preventive measures and everything. You know me in health. We already talked about mental health, so we're going to talk about physical health as well. And I'm introduce Miss Miss Nicole Poe. Tell the people about yourself, what you do, and how long you've been doing everything. Miss Nicole Poe, everybody. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I thank you so much for inviting me to this, and I really appreciate it. Um, and I just kind of want to tell you a little bit about myself. I am a certified nurse midwife, a women's health nurse practitioner, and I'm also a um, psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner that's in board certified in all of them. And I have a doctorate degree. And this is my alum. I come from University of um, Mississippi, which I got my mental health. I also got my midwifery from Frontier Nursing University. And I got my women's health nurse practitioner from Frontier Nursing University. I got my BS degree from the University of Southern Mississippi. And I got my doctorate degree from University of um, at South Alabama in Mobile. And so I have currently been working as a certified nurse midwife here in Meridian since 2004. I graduated from school in 2003 as a certified nurse midwife. And so I actually serve the community in the local area. And with that, a little bit about midwives, we do more than just deliver babies. However, a majority of my population are pregnant women, and I do deliveries at the hospital. I don't do home births, and I don't do um, calls outside of the hospital, but I actually work at a clinic here in Meridian, and I deliver babies at a local hospital. 
So we were talking about preeclampsia and one of the things that you had asked, you know, you were concerned about with Tori with preeclampsia. It is one of those things that um, sometimes, and I, I don't want to call, I don't want to call it a disease that happened, you know, all of a sudden, but that's essentially what it does. Sometimes we have warning signs and sometimes we don't. It's just one of the things that does happen. And so usually preeclampsia is noted after 20 weeks of pregnancy. And we put that under one of the categories, what we call hypertensive disorders of pregnancy. And so um, preeclampsia is where you have a person is usually pregnant, happens after 20 weeks of pregnancy. We see it sometimes in the second trimester of pregnancy, sometimes the third trimester of pregnancy. We try to make sure we monitor people, come for their prenatal care, encourage them to come. And I tell people all the time, if you start having these symptoms, such as headaches that won't go away with anything over the counter like Tylenol, or a pain in the right upper quadrant of the belly, blurred vision, dizziness, spots in front of your eyes, any kind of increased swelling to your hands, feet, or face, or anything that doesn't feel right to you, make sure you let us know. Along with those symptoms, we start to see the blood pressure starts to go up. Their liver enzymes may start to be affected. So that's why it's important that they come in and start receiving that care because now we need to run lab work to see what else is going on. Worst case scenario, when we notice that the liver enzymes and their platelet counts are being affected, and along with other lab work that makes us concerned that kidney function is being affected, they could have a seizure. And so at that point, it's no longer considered preeclampsia, it's considered eclampsia. And when they start having seizures, at that point, mom could die, baby could die. And so a preeclampsia is really, really concerning because believe it or not, it's more prevalent in the African-American community. And so um, one of the things that I tell people, they ask, well, why didn't you pick this up earlier? Again, sometimes it happens all of a sudden. For instance, you can go to a prenatal visit today and your lab work looks fine, your blood pressure looks fine, everything is great. Well, later on that night, something could start to happen. And then the next thing you know, okay, I noticed I got a lot of swelling. Well, I'm going to lay down, see if it's going to get any better. Start having headaches. Well, it could just be my sinuses because now some people affiliate certain symptoms with something else. And so, okay, my eyes are open, just a little bit of blurry, you know, maybe it's just something in my eyes or my allergies. And I've actually had people tell me this. So we are seeing these slight symptoms that they may have, but they may put it off as being something else and they put it on hold. So I tell people, if you start seeing a cluster of these symptoms, let's just, worst case scenario, you go to the hospital, we end up sending you back home. But I'd rather you be safe than sorry, because we can have some of these subtle symptoms, but we also too need that lab work to confirm what's going on. Because if you start having pain in the right upper part of the belly, there could be some liver tenderness. Now your liver has been impacted with preeclampsia. Worst case scenario, when everything starts to shut down, therefore blood flow to the baby starts to shut down. When the high blood pressure increases, it affects the way the placenta feeds the baby and the attachment of the placenta to the uterus. So preeclampsia have a lot of things that we actually have to take into consideration. And sometimes people want to wait it out. Again, it's all of a sudden, sometimes they're gradual symptoms. 
And so the actual key to kind of helping resolve preeclampsia is to get the mama and the baby delivered, you know, get the baby delivered. So those are some of the things that we look at. And I try to tell people, hey, if you start having this happen, that happen, don't second guess it as something else. I'd rather, I'd rather us overdo it than underdo it. So it goes back to educating the public about what's going on. And that's what we're doing uh, this morning. Uh, going back to something you said, so what is, what would be the, the, the first, what would be the origin of that? Like how, uh, again, why does that happen more so in African-American women? Believe it or not, they don't know exactly what really caused preeclampsia. However, there were studies that are out there and it indicated that some of the consistent things that they noticed with people who had or developed preeclampsia was a vitamin D level that was low, as well as obesity, first time moms, they noticed with, with that or um, people, you know, very young mothers who actually, when I say first time moms, I'm talking about the first time you've ever been pregnant. If there's a history of preeclampsia, um, teenage mothers, or what we consider mothers of older age, and I hate to use the word advanced maternal age or elderly, elderly, you know, gravida, prima gravida, multigravida. However, women who are 35 and older are at risk for developing preeclampsia. And so within that, you think about a lot of the population who has a vitamin D deficiency are generally African-Americans. Why? One, we don't like sun exposure. So you get a lot of your vitamin D from the sun. Um, and then therefore, I have made it a personal thing with me to try to make sure I check everybody's vitamin D. Now, is this saying that, hey, your vitamin D level is low, you're going to have preeclampsia? No, that was some of the small consistent factors that several studies that I read had noted. But does this always prevent preeclampsia? No, it does not. But if you can kind of do something on the front end to hopefully be more proactive, the goal is to hopefully have a good mother-baby outcome. So the origin of it is really unknown. And the other thing that they also noted was that people who are obese were at risk for developing preeclampsia. And so with that, of course, we already know that obesity increased the risk of high blood pressure, whether you're pregnant or not. And so therefore, now that you have a pregnancy and you already have a body mass index over 20, 28 to 30, um, and you're now carrying this baby, that makes you more prone to developing preeclampsia. So with that, they recommended that anyone that's pregnant who are obese, you recommend taking a daily aspirin of a baby aspirin, and then you can stop it once you're in, you know, um, almost, well, 35 weeks pregnant in the third trimester. Well, I, and I know people are like me listening. This is a great information. This is a great information. <clears throat> However, a lot of us don't, <laughs> don't know that at the beginning. So my wife, uh, I think she uh, was preeclampsia. Uh, that's why with my son, who's 20 uh, now, uh, 20 years ago, whew, that's a long time. <laughs> I, I <remember. laughs> uh, hold on. Let, so I'm reminiscing a little bit, y'all. Uh, I know her for way back, right? And my my little my 20-year-old was crawling and round up floor and stuff like that. So that okay, but I just had a moment. But you know. Well, you you kind of know what what was going on with with her. Uh, so he had to be delivered early. Now that I'm sitting there, now I can you know 
now, you know, thank you, Lord, you have delivered me from unforgiveness for, for the for <laughs> from the darkness. Because <laughs> I was like, he wasn't supposed to be delivered. But hearing from you, that had to be done because it, that was the reason it was preeclampsia. It's like, hey, the baby had to be delivered. But we thought, you just won't have this baby delivered. <laughs> so... Believe it or not, we have some people that, well, it's it's not time. And I, I don't I don't like to be rude, but I have to let them know, okay, we are now you're spilling too much protein, which you know the stay the, the the signs that we look at when we look at lab work is that the platelet counts start to drop. That their protein, if we do what we call a 24-hour urine, where we keep up with the urine for 24 hours, you now have over 300 milligrams of protein in a 24-hour urine. You have an elevated blood pressures that are consistent, that are persistent. You are having your platelets are starting to drop. You're having a creatinine clearance that meets criteria. Um, you're having other symptoms, the swelling, the hyperreflexia of your reflexes you know, to your lower extremities. And I mean, things like that are very pertinent information that we choose not to ignore. And yes, we do have to go back and forth with families, but if families aren't educated and the and the patient is not educated, and I don't like to come out and say, look, if we don't get you delivered, we leave that baby in, it's a good probability that the baby could not make it. The first thing they go is in panic mode. But we try to educate people as much as possible to let them know, hey, we want a good mama baby outcome. So according to the recommendation that we practice, according to ACOG and CDC and other recommendations that we look at, this is the recommendation to get you delivered. So will they be in a hospital a little longer? Sometimes they will. Sometimes they, they may not. It depends on what's going on. They may have to be put on medications to kind of keep them where they're not so hyperreflexive to kind of help get everything normalized. And usually it's what we call magnesium sulfate. It's a drip of medication that they're going to be on that for 24 hours, usually after they deliver or the whole time while they're in labor, plus 24 hours after delivery. Why? Because we want to make sure we get mama's blood pressure stable. We want to make sure we get mama stable, get her stable on some blood pressure medicines so she can end up going home to a healthy baby and a healthy, a healthy self. That's 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 good stuff. So I I, I really <laughs> me and our uh we had a we had a great great uh, uh great doctor uh you know I felt like it was early, but now here are you and that's the thing that's the key education I was not educated on it all I know is if my baby was in pain <laughs> and I think he could have just stayed and and he could have stayed mama you know and all that stuff but. Uh, you know, it it is especially going back and forth with 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 us is is something else. So 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 tell me. Let's start at the beginning. Uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 woman is pregnant, and uh, what are some steps now as an African American woman that uh, she could take to ensure the best uh delivery the best outcome uh for a baby like you said we don't know the origin of uh eclampsia preeclampsia so starting with your first visit what what are some what how do we go about that because that's a lot of information that you that you gave so what i mean what do we when we're pregnant how do we how do we ensure a healthy process so believe it or not um a lot of things that we can do to be more is first of all, knowledge is power. 
You know, of course, we know the Bible says my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. And I try to tell people, read, you know, go to an evidence-based website. If you're going to, and I tell, I tell, you know, patients I take care of all the time, if you're going to be on Google, go to Google Scholar. Google Scholar has evidence-based information, articles, research. So therefore, if you're going to be on Google, let's look at Google Scholar. You can go to ACOG, American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology. You can go to American College of Nurse Midwives to look up information. You can go to um, different medical journals and read about what to expect, you know, during pregnancy. You can even go to cdc.gov. They have tons of fact sheets about everything. You can key in stuff that could be as simple as um, a, a urinary tract infection in pregnancy or preeclampsia. I mean, all the info, and it's a fact sheet and it's actually compressed. It's simple, easy read. It's on maybe a I would say maybe a third or fourth grade level, fifth grade level. It's a very easy read, very informative, but it's evidence-based information. So you can start by reading. The next thing, okay, now that you're pregnant, what do we do next? Okay, start early prenatal care. The earliest you can get in to start your prenatal care, the better. Why? At that point, your healthcare provider should be able to identify certain things that could potentially be risk factors that are key ideas of what we need to look for, for instance. Okay, so is this your first pregnancy? Yes, it is. All right, so let's look at the age group. Let's look at the, the race of the mom and see, okay, is she in a category where she could potentially be at risk for diabetes or high blood pressure or whatever the situation may be, because that's essential for early prenatal care. Is there a family history of any birth defects? Is there a family history of high blood pressure, family history of preeclampsia? Um, let's look at your weight. It's very, let's know what your baseline weight is, because if we know what we're dealing with from the beginning, you give us something to work with to make sure that you have a healthy mama baby outcome. Do you smoke any drug use? Um, anything like that, early prenatal care is essential. So now that we've already know that you're pregnant, what do we do from here? Okay, so let me go ahead and just give you the rundown of what to expect during the course of us taking care of you. For your first trimester, you can expect a visit every four weeks. Once you hit about 28 weeks of pregnancy, we look at you're going to start coming maybe every two weeks. Once you get to maybe 34 weeks of pregnancy, you're going to start coming 34 to 36 weeks of pregnancy. You're going to start having a visit every week. So now you already know what your plan is. Now let's look at when we're going to do ultrasounds. We don't do ultrasounds every visit that they come into the clinic. So, and we don't do ultrasounds just so you can see your baby or see the sex of your baby because of multiple reasons, coding, insurance, reimbursements, things like that to avoid the people from having to bill. But we're looking at key develop issues, developmental things within the pregnancy to make sure the baby is doing okay, mom is doing okay. Believe it or not, people who have preeclampsia or could potentially be developing preeclampsia, especially when there's a history of high blood pressure, sometimes the baby's growth may be affected. At that point, we're looking at intrauterine growth restriction. So if your blood pressure is up, baby is not growing well, guess what? You could be a potential for intrauterine growth restriction that may cause you to be delivered early, or it's a possibility that you could be developing preeclampsia behind the scenes that haven't been fully uh, manifested to full fruition, true, um, well, for full fruition yet in order for us to take care of you. So there are some things that we look at because of you getting regular prenatal care. All right, now that you know you're pregnant, what can we do? Let's look at healthy food choices. 
I don't like to use the word diet because you tell people you need to have a better diet or go on a different diet. They think got to lose weight. I'm restricted from what I'm eating. All I'm asking you to do is let's watch what you're eating. Let's cut back things that are high in sodium, things that are high in salt, high fat foods, fried foods. Let's incorporate more healthier foods, more steamed, baked, grilled, you know, things like that. Lean meats, things that drink more water. Let's just kind of be conscious of what's going on. Because if you think about it, if a person consumes a lot of sodium, they're going to have swelling. In pregnancy, you already have increased fluid intake. So therefore, if you have increased fluid intake, increased weight gain, and you have increased swelling, you're going to have increased blood pressure. So with that, we want to make sure we keep that blood pressure under control. At your visit, you should be getting a blood pressure check. You should be getting a weight check every visit. If you have excessive weight gain because of fluid retention, now you have elevated blood pressures, it keys in with other testing that you have to do. And so, and I tell people, what can you do? Let's make sure you're taking your folic acid, your prenatal vitamins. Usually the, the amount of folic acid you need are generally in all prenatal vitamins. So just make sure you take your prenatal vitamins. Make sure if they give you a vitamin D supplement, make sure you're taking your vitamin D. If you're concerned that maybe I need to get my vitamin D tested, ask your provider, hey, do you mind checking my vitamin D level just to be on the safe side? If you're over a certain vitamin mass index, they may recommend you start taking an aspirin every day if there's no contraindications. I mean, there's different things that we actually look at, monitor, and we go through and we do because we want to make sure that there's a safety, a safe outcome for mama and baby. So it's just once you become pregnant, let's go ahead and get the ball rolling, start prenatal care. Let's be consistent with prenatal care. And it is okay to ask your provider questions. Even if you may think, well, they may not have time. I may irritate them. This is what I tell clients all day. When you make that appointment, that's your appointed time to be taken care of. It is within your patient right to advocate for yourself. It is okay for you to ask questions. If you don't understand, you get them to explain things to your level of understanding. Go and do your research. Write your questions down. Bring them with you every visit. Let's take this time out because the more you know, the more educated you are to grow during this process of you having your baby and being pregnant. And so we just want to make sure that you know what's going on with you in order for us to take care of you. That, that, that was, education is the key. And we, we, we have gotten the education on here. I mean, so, uh, I will listen. I got. I got to bring you back because there's whole, there's a whole other sect of of even uh, beyond that that I want to talk. I'm gonna bring you back, but I do hear uh, my coffee maker going off. <laughs> 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 my time is running out. I mean, but you 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 got the ball rolling for so for a lot of uh, mommies out there. Uh, yeah. Education is key. If you're the Meridian area, area, I mean, you know, uh, I don't want to put more on you than you can bear. But uh, <laughs> Doctor Poe, <laughs> there she, this uh, the awesome one. I I I, I called her because uh, uh, she was one of the ones. She she was not our uh, uh, prenatal care uh, person, but uh, we went to the same church, and 
if it was not for Dr. Poe, we, you know, uh, we were young parents. That was our first. And it was we were, we were scared to death. And, um, you know, fortunately, um, she was a godsend. And so uh, that's why I had to have you on here. Uh, because education, look, I, I I wasn't just looking down. I just didn't get my phone to look. I, I, I typed some stuff on here <laughs> to find uh, the Google Scholar. And I think you said, as, what was it called? Uh, ACOG, American A College of Obstetrics and Gynecology. They have like bulletins and it's actually for physicians and, you know, usually for physicians, but they have access for their nurse practitioners and other people who are practicing. But they pull out, they put out bulletins that what we use to kind of generalize and as a standard of care about preeclampsia. They actually have a, um, and I printed it out years ago, it's like a hypertensive um, disorders of pregnancy book. And I printed it out and they had a lot of helpful information that helps guide us with clinical practice. Um, and so it is good information because you can have a person with high blood pressure and you already know that they're going into pregnancy with high blood pressure. So therefore we call it um, hypertension with pre, um, pre you know, I think it's like uh, imposed or pre, it's, I can't remember the exact word at the moment because I'm trying to get thoughts together, but it's like a superimposed preeclampsia. That's what it is. High blood pressure, superimposed preeclampsia, meaning that you already got high blood pressure. So there's a different level of practice that we have to look at in addition to monitoring you now for potential preeclampsia on top of what you already have. Well, that can't be established until, you know, we know for a fact, what is your history? What is your past pregnancies? What do we need to monitor? What do we start with versus what are we looking at working with right now? So there are different things that we look at and it just all starts with the initiative of you going for your prenatal visit. That, that is it. That's education is key and power and having the right uh, healthcare person that's going to give you all of this. I would rather, yes, I would rather you tell me all of that and read all that than, uh, <laughs> than miss something. Uh, what is the uh, saying? You might, you know, pre uh, prevention is an ounce of cure. I don't know, <laughs> something to that effect. Uh, so we want to take every precaution every uh, preventive measure uh we can listen dr poe it's been a pleasure <laughs> to have you in the coffee shop uh today and uh i hope i know yeah i got a lot of good information and i mean i feel like hey if you if you take if you're taking notes you should be you should have stuff to go to your doctor if you're in another city say okay this is what Dr. Poe said, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And tell them, oh, well, you should check out the Cup of Joe show. Go listen to the episode. <laughs> tell them, uh, you know, uh, uh, go to them with this, with armed with this information. And uh, and we we want to uh, have those those healthy pregnancies. We want healthy mommies, healthy babies. Uh, we want to prevent uh, as 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 we want to prevent. Uh, uh, death. We want to prevent uh, 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 infant mortality, maternal morbidity, because my goal is, and I tell people all the time, I want you to be able to take your baby home. Yes. And, you know, you and your partner have worked so hard to get this baby here. And I try to include the fathers in the pregnancy. 
because women, don't, they don't get pregnant by themselves, okay? <laughs> and so, and I try to include the father based on personal experience that I had when my son was born. He, a whole different ballgame. However, I learned from him, always include that other person, that support person, because if you talk to the patient, sometimes they hear, but they don't hear. But if there's a person in the room sitting in that chair, I thank God that it was enough of them to come with them for that visit, but always make sure that you include them because believe it or not, they hear things that you don't hear. Now you guys can get together, talk about it, get your information together, figure out what exactly what was said. And if you don't quite understand, now we can ask questions because now it was more than just you heard this, but she actually said this. Yes. That's I was I was there. I was the enforcer. I was at every this is the first time. Now the second I I was I I, I was on the phone or <laughs> something, you know, I called afterwards because I had a, a busy work schedule. But I mean, I was there. And yeah. if you hear if you didn't hear anything, please hear you have to go to your visits. You have to be involved in the process. You can't just uh, go when something's wrong. Uh, you have to make those visits to make sure that everything is going according to plan. Again, Dr. Poe, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> thank you all. We thank you, a uh, couple of Joe audience, for listening. I am, this is Dr. Nicole Poe. I am Joe. <laughs> I hope I'm saying it right. You are a doctor, right? <laughs> yes, I have my doctorate degree. <laughs> I am a midwife with a doctorate degree. Awesome. And this has been Cup of Joe, and I will see you all later. <laughs>